Today's guest is Nancy Novak. Nancy is the Chief Innovation Officer at Compass Data Centers and has been in the industry for 30 years. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Carter Machinery. Carter Machinery is Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and Washington, D.C.'s Caterpillar heavy equipment dealer for sales, parts, and service. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast. My name is Matthew Pine, and here today with me is the president of MCCI, Jennifer Sproul. Jennifer, welcome. Thanks for having me, Matt. And our guest today is? Nancy Novak. Nancy, welcome to the show. We're uh, happy to have you. So happy to be here. I'm a big fan of what you guys do, and so I'm super excited that you extended an invitation for me to be able to contribute. Absolutely. Um, And if you don't mind just giving our listeners just an introduction, uh, who you are and what you do at Compass Data Centers. You bet. Okay, so I am Nancy Novak and I am the Chief Innovation Officer at Compass Data Centers. I come from a a long career in the built environment, working for a general contractor both nationally and internationally. And now I'm in the digital infrastructure space. And at Compass, um, we like to stay on the cutting edge. So we look at all things that are innovative when it relates to means and methods, skilled force, skilled workforce in the in the trades, and also just um, you know the um, you know the ways in which the built environment can have an influence on this fourth industrial revolution that we're facing right now. So Great. that's what I'm in. That's what I'm in charge of. Great. Um, and maybe if you just want to give us a little bit more of a background, you know, how did you get to where you are now in your career? Uh, what pathway did you follow, whether that means in your schooling, early life, or just being self-made? No, absolutely. That's always a really good question. So, you know, I grew up um, in a family with four girls. Um, I have three sisters. And my dad, I love to tell the story. My dad um, was a semi-pro football player, a Marine Corps sergeant, and one, a general superintendent for one of the largest contractors in the world. Wow. So we clearly grew up hunting, fishing, and being on job sites. So, um, so I attribute him for me um, entering the business and, um, you know, just going to like literally visiting job sites in the summer times, doing internships, you know, making a little extra money on the side and falling in love with the business and falling in love with the people in the business and the trades people and the, you know, the, the, all the walks of life. And I think the main thing that I really fell in love with was just this whole continuous learning environment that you're in. You know, the, the fact that um, every time you build for a different client, you learn about their business. So it's not your standard nine to five clock in, clock out kind of job. Um, it's exciting and you're always learning. And it's just like, you know, when it comes to innovation and, and um, you know, being, you know, wanting to get up every morning to go do what you do, this is like a best, the best industry to be in, I think. You know, it's funny because I think everyone that's in the industry says the same thing. Like it just gets in your bones and you have to mm-hmm. love construction in order to keep coming back to this industry because it's not a super easy one to be in. A very good point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You do have to love it. Yeah. And we know that you have a career that has spanned um, two male dominated industries with construction and technology. Um, how can both industries work to be more inclusive for women? Yeah, so that's the stuff also a wonderful question and it's interesting because so construction is highly male dominated has been for you know since the beginning of time and and going into the digital infrastructure world and the the technology world they also you know have a lot of this male domination not nearly as bad as construction but it's still there it's very prominent so when you think about the tech business and the and the clients that we work for they're very disruptive 
and they know how to they know how to make change that's meaningful and and will last and will also keep them relevant in the future. So now the exciting thing is because we're trying to connect the world through digital infrastructure, um, you know, th these behemoth of these global firms are, you know, kind of new in our industry. And what's exciting about that is being disruptive and wanting to solve problems and needing a workforce to put work in place is all good. It provides this massive opportunity for these very disruptive firms to kind of take construction and pull them into the future because we need to, we need to start doing more with less, right? We need to get more efficient. We have all these, we need to get into these modern methods of construction that they desperately need. And I always like to tell people, you know, we work for some of the largest firms on a global scale and, um, and, you know, they have money and money is not what's keeping them from, you know, being able to, you know, to really have, you know, the, the impact that they need. Um, it's putting work in place. It's having the talent to put that work in place. So, so I feel like this is a huge opportunity for the tech, the tech world and the construction world to kind of merge and help each other out. Well, and they're two essential industries without tech and without construction, the world wouldn't be what it is today. Right. Right. Absolutely. So along those lines, you know, encouraging people to join the construction industry, women specifically, um, falls a lot of times on educators um, and schools. They have done a decent job of getting students interested in careers in IT. Um, in Maryland, at least, IT has the highest enrollment in career and technology education programs statewide. Uh, but the construction courses are less than 5%. So what do you think the education system can do to show all students, and but particularly um, young girls, um, a career path in construction? Well, I mean, I think first, Jennifer, it kind of starts out with like trying to understand the different roles you can have with it, with construction, right? So, I mean, there's so many people who are in finance or they're in, um, you know, marketing or they're in, you know, engineering and design or they're in, you know, just like the vocational types of, you know, aspects of the of the business and management and leadership. And so, and I, I remember years ago, I did some presentations for some of the teachers in a high school environment. And they were just surprised. They were just surprised at the, at the diversity of ways in which you can contribute to the industry. So I think um, what educators can do is they can, you know, when you, you know, when they look at the various career paths that people want to go into, number one, you know, let's not put the stigma of the blue collar worker, you know, in the construction realm, because that's just so off base, right? It's so off base. And then kind of like branch out and say, similar to many other career paths, there are so, there's a huge variety of, um, of different things you can do to, to be in this industry. All very important and a lot of, and, and also very much in the cross training of being able to do more than one thing. And I, I think, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, that's part of why we have uh, have the Build Your Path brand um, is mm -hmm. to help with that messaging because like you said, educators don't know. Um, many of them are teaching um, construction because they were told to teach construction. They aren't from mm -hmm. the industry. Um, or they just have a very small um, knowledge of what the industry offers because of their small part in the industry. Maybe they have a um, home remodeling business or something like that. I'm not saying that it's an insignificant part, but you know, uh, not many people in the industry probably have a, an idea of the amount of um, diverse opportunities there are, even if you're in the industry itself. I mean, isn't so, it fascinating with to have such a to, to have an industry that's such a large part of the GDP? be so mysterious right yeah. and have this this bit of a stigma that is 
you know, digging a ditch versus, you know, a white collar job. Um, it's so amazing to me. You know, we're, we have so much opportunity in our business. There's not a single, you know, individual on the earth that, you know, isn't touched in some way by construction, whether it's, you know, the transportation that they use or the hospitals they go to or the stores they buy stuff in or the house they live in or whatever. So the, the industry is just vast. And, and to really have this, you know, not so good image because, um, because, you know, a variety of things, because, you know, it was, um, it was the uns it was basically the, the the skilled labor force started out you know with the whole tech bubble and then like you know trying to figure out oh this is the new way to this is like the new path we can go down and then the whole like you know if you don't go to college you have to dig a ditch kind of thing it's a little crazy when I think about it but um, but that's something we have to overcome that's really something we have to overcome it's it's such a fantastic business and I and I hear what you're saying when you say what can we do to help change that image education is a big 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 part of that huge. Absolutely. And honestly, the idea that you can go to college and have an amazing career in the construction industry, too. And that's something we try to educate our parents on, um, as well as the teachers. Um, you know, even if you do go the tr skilled trades route, you get college credit when you're in, a, yeah. in an apprenticeship program. So it, it is crazy that even people in the industry don't know that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Therefore... You're you think right. about also this diversity of the industry and the diversity of the jobs that have changed um, in the last five to 10 years, the jobs that have been added in the industry. How do you think the industry itself needs to change who they're recruiting? Additionally, I mean, we shouldn't just be recruiting um, skilled trades workers and civil engineers anymore. So who else yeah. do you think we should be recruiting to this industry? Well, you know, honestly, like, so the on-the-job training when it comes to the technology, I think is also a critical point to make, mm -hmm. Jennifer. I think that's what you're getting at. Whether you're in an off-site manufacturing environment or whether you're on-site and you're using, you know, analog or digital type technology. Um, I I was just talking to some individuals about like, you know, bringing in like the millennials and the Gen Zs and all of the young, the youth, right? And, um, and get, getting them attracted to our business. And when you think about a couple of things, number one, you know, the fact that we have these really interesting new ways of doing things, right? That isn't just brute strength. It's not just, you know, like swinging a hammer. It's it's literally, although swinging a hammer is very amazing and takes a lot of skill and I, you know, respect all of that. I mean, there's all these other ways that you, have, that you can contribute with different skill sets, which are very attractive. But on top of that, you know, when you look at those types of generations, you know, they are you know, they are wanting to have a purpose. They are wanting to feel like they're a part of something bigger, that they're contributing to something. Um, and I think that message is so critical because this is what our business does. You know, when you build a hospital, you're contributing to a society who needs healthcare. Or when you're building, you know, a military facility, you're looking at national security type stuff or, you know, transportation. And it's just such a, and it's such a great industry to be, um, you know, it's because it touches so many lives when you look at the fact that construction represents 45 plus percent of the, of the global greenhouse gas emissions, what a great opportunity to kind of change the narrative on how we can affect global warming, right? Mm -hmm. Within our business. What, I mean, does that give you purpose? Of course it does. And I think getting those kinds of messages out are going to make a huge difference in how we recruit different age groups, different ethnicities, different, you know, genders, you know, all of the things that we need to be the most innovative to get all of those lenses and those skills. I mean, I couldn't 
could not agree more. We say that all the time. Um, everyone has a different reason for going to work and um, just telling somebody they're going to make more money. You can't just keep throwing money at no. people and expect that to be the way you keep them, um, especially once you get them in. Um, yeah, the benefits and the money is great, but you have to make sure that they love where they're working and mm -hmm. give them reasons with your culture, with your give back, all that. But again, recruiting, um, we are working on a series. Um, we're dubbed it the Making a Difference series for the same reasons. Um, showing the why behind what we're doing and the major impact. We are literally building the world. And yeah. um, and how do we yeah. how do we show that to the to the future of our industry? It's very exciting. It's very exciting to be a part of this. I mean, being a part of the construction industry and then also, like I said, being part of the tech world, like, you know, kind of getting plugged into that and how they impact each other. And then, of course, you know, I have the exciting resume of building launch pads. And, I, and now you like look at the connection there where you've got satellites that are going to be bouncing signals to get to provide, you know, data links and, you know, GPS for transactions. And, you know, just it it's it's so cool. Like how what other industry gets you? you know, your ability to touch all of those areas and learn about those areas, you know, and then also influence, you know, each one of those areas as well. Absolutely. And you just mentioned a, a little bit about this, but being such a passionate advocate for both technology and, and innovation in the construction industry, what are some actual trends that you're most excited about and how do you see them affecting the diversity of our workforce? I mean, so from a technology standpoint, I see a lot of the trends are are about doing more with less. It's about tool time, right? So when you look at tool time, and you know that like tool time is um, is how we how productive we are from a trade standpoint, it's only about sixty percent, um, which isn't really good. So the trends for innovation and technology are to improve that, and you should start thinking about that. Put yourself in that tradesperson's shoes. How do they become more effective, more productive? That's through offsite manufacturing, prefabrication, advanced work packaging, and then also utilizing um, the tools that don't require the brute strength that we typically think about. You know, and also, you know, in a safer and more controlled environment, whether it's on-site or off-site, being able to assemble things, you know, at waist level instead of on the ground or up in a lift, being able to use, you know, um, analog, you know, robotics so that you can carry heavy tools and not have wear and tear on your muscles. That, that not only opens up the business to more people, but it also saves, you know, the, the people who are, the folks who are strong enough that, you know, will have the wear and tear over time, right? So I'm really excited about those kinds of technologies. I also am excited about things like, um, you know, digital twin and, um, and being able to look at things more holistically. And, oh, and literally being able to save the data from the life cycle of the project from start to finish um, so that, so that you can learn from it and continuously improve with it, right? Because the data is so powerful and you know, having to start over all the time is wasteful. So, you know, those are the kinds of technologies that I think will change our industry. Yeah, it is wild when you think about the construction industry. We're like the only industry out there where you don't build the same thing twice. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I agree. Even the prototype stuff is not the same thing because when you site adapt it, it's different, it changes, yes, right? Absolutely. So, yes. mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. So that's great that there's ways to take that manufacturing mindset and um, continuously improve everything. Um, we were last week we were with um, a construction camp for girls, Camp Newick here in Baltimore, and we took them to a prefab site uh, for an electric electrical contractor. And we they were all working at um, 
you know, counter height, building a duck bank. Yeah. And imagine doing this outside on a day like today in a trench that's six, you know, six feet in the ground. Yeah. Or longer. Yeah. Um, or deeper. So they all just kind of looked at me. I said, this is why this is the future of this industry. And this, I mean, I absolutely opens it up to people that um, aren't physically able to do those types of things. Um, if they're, you know, potentially um, handicapped and, and in a wheelchair. Um, so much yeah, safer. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I always want to point out like, you know, you have a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. So even if you're physically capable of doing the work, why would you in, a, in an environment like that? It's, Everybody wants the same thing. They want it. They want to be more efficient. They want to have good work hours. They want to be able to do things safely. So, along with that, um, you know, the technology and the innovation, um, it's playing into how do you say it playing into attracting and retaining younger people into our industry, and then how can conversely how can the industry embrace that? What can we do to embrace the innovation and technology and use it to recruit? Well, I mean, I, I do think it it's kind of starts a lot with the digital information. So like uh, when you look at the technologies we have, whether it's flying a drone or using robotics to assemble something in a factory, it's always about the metadata, right? It's about the data. And there's so many cool technologies right now that are really attempting to kind of master this and break down these silos. So again, if you're in the classroom environment, you know, whether it's a vocational classroom, whether it's a, you know, a, a academic classroom, whether it's, you know, on, on a site, you know, being able to like, you know, have um, have the ability to talk about what's available today and where that's headed and, and the why behind that, I think is going to be really important. The hard part, Jennifer, that you're, that you're asking me for, asking me for the answer is, is like, how do we scale it? How do we get it to where it's um, it's more of a spontaneous awareness thing and not a, not not a mystery? Like, how do you have this rallying point where it's like, you know, we have a really cool thing to offer here. We want it. We want you to join us. And I think a lot of that is it's the ripple in the pond. It's it's like, you know, sending the message and then sharing the message and talking about the message and asking more questions um, and then being able to like, you know, um, again, like, you know, add add different perspectives to it. Um, I think from an education standpoint, I, I truly believe that it's um, incumbent upon us to go to the schools to um, to share the information that's out there on all of our social media platforms. You know, I speak about this a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I speak about the skilled trades. I speak about the shortage of labor. I speak about diversity. Um, and I always encourage people, like, don't don't rely on me to get the word out. Don't, you know. Do it yourself. Please, please share, 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 share. Even if you don't want to, you know, edit, do an editorial on anything. Like, just just keep moving it out. If only 30 people look at it, it's 30 more people than looked at my post, right? And if one person sees that and it makes a difference in their lives, then they're going to share as well. So, I mean, I know that sounds kind of grassrootsy, but, you know, honestly, it's what we got. It's what we have right now. And I think it's important for us to always say that when we are sharing information, please feel free to share with your own group. Yeah, so we, we have a created a guest speaking program where we're trying to pair industry professionals with educators that need people in their classrooms um, to talk about their careers. They always, kids love a guest speaker, teachers love a guest speaker because it gives them a little bit of downtime, but also it just reinforces the message that they've been sharing all year long, yeah. uh, but from a different voice. So um, 
Um, Matt, I'm hoping we can put in the link uh, for anybody listening to, to sign up um, yep. to be a guest speaker in the state of Maryland because we're desperately um, need that. And I know we have seen the results, um, you know, just doing a quick lunch and learn with a bunch of girls um, and telling them about op opportunities in HVAC and plumbing and they, um, you know, a whole bunch of them signed up. So I know it's there. It's it's things like volunteering at, you know, your local camp, um, Camp Newick and, and Well, whatnot. and there's, there's organizations like in Maryland in particular, the World Trade Center Institute is a yes. great organization, right? And, um, and they have a platform and they have, um, you know, fellowships and certain ways to be able to get the message out. But again, it's, it's literally about just trying to figure out, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's a little, I think it's a little funny because like I get, I get asked to talk about technical things all the time, talk about modern methods of construction, talk about sustainability, talk about, you know, any, you know, and in every instance, I take the opportunity to blend, to bring the diversity aspect into it and to kind of explain the benefit. And what's so interesting is the audiences, the audience are usually very much like, you know, that hasn't, that has not been the lens I've looked through before. People don't normally tie that together. But when it happens, there's a light bulb moment. So what is your outlook um, on the future of the construction workforce? And are there any ways that we haven't already discussed that the industry can address the labor need? So yeah, there are some ways we haven't discussed yet. So, and I, I so my, I'm a glass that full type person. I feel like the clients that are are now having you know to put work in place um, on a global scale are going to help us change the industry. Some of the ways that we haven't discussed um, that I think would be really practical and easy ways to help are you know are are doing things that are intentional. You know, so like I want every job site to have PPE that's designed for women. Just do it. It's a small investment. It makes them feel welcome. Make sure their facilities are, you know, there for women as well. You know, just make sure that, that, that that's a vocal thing that you're doing. It's a very small investment. Um, also, you know, just really being intentional about when you do the hiring and promotion, not just hiring. Um, intentionally go and look for diverse talent. And then, and then use positive reinforcement just to increase that, right? You know, like, it's, it's the whole, like, if you bring your friend, if you bring, if you know somebody who's got the... the you know, the, not, not so much the history or the skill set, but really just the aptitude and, you know, the things that we're looking for um, that we can train on the job, you know, bring them forward. Compass has been super successful in um, being very intentional about women. Um, so nationally, you know, coast to coast, all of our CMs are women, all of them, 100%. And, and I know that sounds a little like, you know, uh, um, I guess reverse and reverse discrimination, but honestly, no one bats an eye when they're all men. So we just decided to go intentionally and do this. Now in our other, in other countries, you know, we have a mixed, it's a blend, which is perfectly fine, but we wanted to be very intentional about it. And we, and we look for, you know, the attributes over the skill set in the, in the past, the history of experience. And it has been a smashing success to bring them in and, and have, you know, the, the boots on the ground training. And then what happens again, it's the ripple in the pond. The GCs see it, the architects see it, the engineers see it, the owners see it. And then they go, oh, this, this, can, this can work if I'm intentional about it. And then of course we look at positive reinforcement. Hey, if the skilled trades are only about 3% or less of women, you know what? Maybe there's, a, maybe there's some upside for you to get it to 5%, you know? And there's so many ways you can reward those kinds of behaviors just to put that out there, right? I think that's the way to really kind of move the needle is to just 
this say this matters to us. We're, we're leading by example. And, um, and then here's some really practical ways of using positive reinforcement to make a difference. I love that. Uh, I so often hear hiring managers say, well, we just hire the best person for the job. And to me, often the best person for the job is somebody that looks like you or looks like the other people that have the job already. So um, being intentional, um, I was recently speaking to um, a local union that was like, how do we get more women? I said, well, first of all, bring women to your recruiting events. You know, you have women um, putting all men at the recruiting table and you're in a high school. What are not the chances some um, young girl is going to stop and talk to you? Probably it's been not. proven. It's been proven yeah. if you have, you know, you know, more, you'll attract the like, like, you know, the likeness for sure. Exactly. You know, I do think it's funny, Jennifer, when you say the whole like, well, you know, we just want the best person, so we can't really have quotas or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, because, because like all of the boards who are, you know, full of white men are just all the best, right? Oh yeah. And I, it just it kind of it's the irony of like you know, uh huh. Yeah. And the, I mean, it's just, it's a little silly when you think about it, but because, and I always laugh when I hear that, because it's like, of course you want the best person. And normally the woman's going to be the one who, you know, has checked the boxes three times over before they took the position in the first place. So, you know, just, you know, go figure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I know you talked a few years ago at an event I was at and it was about just that, you know, women. Oh, potential versus credential. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh Well, before we let you go, Nancy, uh, we wanted to give you a chance to plug your own podcast and where people can find it. Yes. Yeah, so um, I do host a podcast called Breaking Glass and it comes out quarterly and we always have really you know, wonderful guests who give us perspectives on, you know, uh, women in leadership, um, typically in the in the built environment or the digital environment. Um, but I, we, I just did one, by the way, for um, MSU with the Society of Women Engineers, and it's going to be really good. I was mm. so impressed with these young women. So, um, yeah, so it'll come out quarterly. You can you can follow me on LinkedIn, and you will always see the post for the Breaking Glass podcast. Or you can go to our website, compassdatacenters.com, and you can find the links there. Thanks, Nancy. I always enjoy our conversations. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit Build Your Path. Another big thank you to our guest, Nancy Novak, from Compass Data Centers. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.